This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, it's Matt Bovey from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. This NFL offseason, we can fit 25 hours in a day, and that's because of podcasts that make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other task that you've got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores and be entertained all at the same time. It's all about the bills, the news, insight, analysis, and of course, some jokes too on demand. So it fits into your busy schedule. Follow the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Bills Mafia. We know there's only one topic every day. All bills all the time. And now Matt Bovey and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking Bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. All right, Matt, Kansas City, the Chiefs in the Midwest, taking on the Miami Dolphins. You talk about bad weather, it's going to be like zero degrees possibly with blowing snow across the plains and nothing that I really want to see here in Buffalo for a game. I've been on the sidelines for those kinds of games. Nothing I want to see. It's going to be a really interesting situation for the Dolphins and the Chiefs. And honestly, the way the Chiefs offense has kind of struggled this year, even though the Dolphins are the team from South Florida and they're going there, they rely on this big passing game. I give them a chance because of everything I just said earlier about the the weather and you know mitigating the game a little bit, or uh, I should say evening out the game. I don't think the cold plays that much of a factor in these games. I think it's certainly not ideal. It's the Miami Dolphins. They like playing in warm weather. But in the playoff game last year against the Bills, it was cold. And Skylar Thompson scored 31 points. And I think back to the game against the Patriots in the playoffs in 2021, where the Bills scored, what, 46 points, 47 points, and it was negative degrees. I know that's the Bills, not the Miami Dolphins. But I think rain and snow and wind are a far bigger factor than just really cold temper. If it's really cold and really windy, then okay, that's a problem. But if it's just really cold, I think most of those guys are still able to play in those conditions. And I can tell you one guy who I know can play in them, and it's the best player on their team. It's Tyreek Hill because he has done it when he played for the Kansas City Chiefs for all of those years. So he is used to it. He can produce in those conditions. It's all about Kintua. But if they get Jalen Waddle back, if they get Raheem Mostert back, if they're a little bit more healthy in this game, I give them a puncher's chance. I don't think they're going to win, but I certainly give them a chance because I don't know what the Kansas City Chiefs are. In the playoffs, I think they're terrifying because of the quarterback that they have. But on the surface... They look as vulnerable as they ever have with Patrick Mahomes as their quarterback. They look as beatable as they ever have. 
they could flip a switch and just go back to looking like the Kansas City Chiefs. It's basically the same roster that won the Super Bowl last year for a lot of the team. But I think the Dolphins have a chance. Sure. Shocking, I know. Right by now, the way. Shocking. Shocking that I'm the one who <laughs> thinks the go. Dolphins have a chance. Ah! <laughs> um, the forecast right now calling for between like negative six and positive eight degrees Fahrenheit. Not, I mean, a, a win, huge win, like 10, 15 miles an hour, and the snow should be gone. So you're right. It's really more about the cold elements there. Let me ask you this, though. Which team should Bills fans want to win? Because I'll give you the case for both, okay? The case is, yeah. if the Chiefs win, you get Patrick Mahomes here in Buffalo for the first ever road playoff game, and the Dolphins are knocked out, obviously. And mm-hmm. then you think about, do the Browns or Texans, whoever wins that game, have a chance to go to Baltimore and win, where the Cleveland Browns did already this year? I think they were they beat them at least. I don't remember where the game was. Or the other fly, side of the coin is do you root for the Dolphins, who then would have to go to Baltimore? The Bills then would get the winner of the Browns and Texans game at home. And how much of a chance do the Dolphins have of beating Baltimore? I don't know much of it all, but maybe. And if they did, they would come to Buffalo for the AFC championship for a third time. They'd face each other after beating them twice. Or obviously Baltimore mm-hmm. would maybe do what they did to them a few weeks ago. What do you think is better? Okay. I'm pretty adamant about this one too. You, I, you want the dolphins to win and it's not even a question. You want the dolphins to win because who are you more? Who are you more confident going against for a spot? First off, you need to beat the Steelers. Like I am not looking past the Steelers. I want to make that incredibly clear. We can do that though here on a podcast. We're not playing or coaching the game. If you beat the Steelers, who would you feel more comfortable going against? Patrick Mahomes or CJ Stroud as a rookie or Joe Flacco? Who? I don't care about the rest of the teams. Who would you feel the most comfortable against? Because if you say I Mahomes, I'm going to say you're crazy. There you go. Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco I mean, right because, now is Because playing. CJ Stroud's playing a, a, amazing. Although I would say I might consider Stroud only because I think a rookie quarterback coming to Buffalo for a, a dome team down south against a Sean McDermott coach defense, that's a tough challenge. If the season start the season started on September 11th, if I told you on September 10th the Buffalo Bills had a chance to go to the AFC Championship and the quarterbacks that they needed to beat were Mason Rudolph and then any combination of C.J. Stroud or Joe Flacco, wow. you would have been doing handstands. Bills <laughs> fans would have lost their minds. Avoid Pat. If you knew they were going to win, yeah, the answer is Mahomes because it's a better story. It's his first real road playoff game. It would be Josh beating Mahomes in the playoffs. It would be another chapter to the rivalry that a lot of people have compared to some of the great quarterback rivalries. But that's if you knew they were going to win. You don't know if they're going to win. And if I'm a Bills fan, I would much rather take my chances against either Flacco or CJ. Even knowing how good the Browns' defense is, you should be able to beat Joe Flacco at home. And you don't even think about what's happening on the other side of the bracket until you get to that point, because you're going to have to beat somebody anyway. They can. They, there's not a team in the AFC that they cannot beat. Just handle your business in the easiest way possible to ultimately keep playing games. Eventually, you're going to have to beat somebody hard, but don't make it harder on yourself just because the story is cooler of Patrick Mahomes coming here. You make a compelling case. I'm not going to disagree. I, I I don't know what the answer is. I think it's probably what you just said. But I I mean, on my radio show, I've had people call and say they'd rather face Mahomes because they don't think that offense is that threatening. And going on the road, they think that that's the better matchup for the Bills. And the Bills would obviously have all of that built up. You know, we need to beat this team. And I don't know. 
that's I, I agree with you though, right? I mean, like you look at the quarterbacks, Andy Reid, everything. To um, me, it's imagine. It's, I, I know. Imagine suggesting you would rather play Patrick Mahomes and Isaiah Pacheco and Travis Kelsey than Joe Flacco, Jerome Ford, and David Njoku. And that's not a shot on any of those guys. But and well, that, one of the one of the top defenses in the league there too. By the way, Kansas City is also very good. Kansas City's defense is good too. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the Kansas right. City's defense shut the Bills down in the second half a month ago. They still won the game, but the Bills you're scored very, 20 points on them. So it's not this, like you made yeah, it clear. I, you're right. Because it just it it doesn't make any sense. Like I I get it. It's a cool story. And if that's what ultimately happens, it's a really fun thing to talk about. It'll be the best game of the weekend. It'll be the game in the best time slot at six o'clock on Sunday because everybody's going to want to see Allen and Mahomes for the third time in the playoffs and like the sixth time in the last three years. But it is not the best possible matchup for the Bills. It's just not. So who wins the Texans-Browns game anyway? I actually think the Texans do, Ooh. even though I know the Browns defense. Game is very good. I just think CJ Stroud has it. I think he's a really good player and it's also at home. So for them, not that I think Tex the Texans have, you know, some ridiculous home field advantage or anything like that, but I think the tie in a close game goes to the home team and I think it's going to be a close game and I'll give the edge to the guy, the team with the better quarterback. I'm going to go Browns. I think um this is a tough spot. It's a big spot for you know what they remind me of the Texans remind me a lot of the 2019 Bills that went to Houston at the end of the season. They're 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 good. They have a good quarterback. He's, he does so many great things. But at the end of the day, you know this is a, a Browns team that's got veterans on it. Jim Schwartz coaching it. They did beat Texans the Texans pretty handily, but that was without Stroud just a few weeks ago. But I, I'm going to go with the Browns. But I would not be surprised whatsoever if the Texans win. That is the 4:30 p.m. game Saturday. Go ahead. Was it handedly? Wasn't it like really close? No. They beat them up pretty good, I believe. Let me just look. The Browns beat the Texans uh, 36 22. Yeah. Okay. They beat by two scores. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but Flacco, that was without, yeah. yeah, Flacco in there. That, that was the game. game that Amari Cooper and John Scott's fantasy team destroyed oh, me. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Also had him. I also had Amari Cooper. That was the okay. Christmas Eve game. Yeah, I don't really remember much of the game just because it was the holiday. I mean, yeah. Joe Flacco, 368 in that game. Yeah, three touchdowns, also two interceptions. Joe Flacco has been somebody who has made inter made mistakes, and uh, Josh Allen does it every game too. So I'm not saying that like that makes him a super flawed player or not. I just think that at some point, like this is a magical run, and I think at some point, usually that magical run comes to an end. And you can um, you can move the ball sometimes against the um, Texans defense. So we'll see what Joe Flacco has in store. That is the 4:30 p.m. game on Saturday. And then right after that, the night game is the one we just talked about. That's the 8 o'clock game, Dolphins-Chiefs. Bill Steelers get things kicked off on Sunday at 1 p.m. in Orchard Park. And then it's the Packers and the Cowboys. You get the Packers much of a chance with Jordan Love and the way he's playing right now? Yeah, well, I give him a, ch a chance to hang around. But I think because it's Maybe. in Dallas, yeah, it's Dallas is, a Dallas is a different team when they're in their own building. They're a team that looks I like agree. offensively they can score 35 points as easy as you can snap your fingers. So I'm anticipating that they're going to be able to move the ball and score a bunch of points. I like Dak and CD, I think, more than probably most people do. I think they're a very legitimate combo at quarterback and at wide receiver. And I think they've actually got a pretty good path into potentially the Super Bowl. I think that right now, besides the 49ers, they would be 
if I was ranking the teams in both conferences from one to five of whose chances I liked the best to get to the Super Bowl, I think it's 49ers and Ravens are one and two in whatever order you put them. And then Bills and Cowboys are three, four. And then I would put the Chiefs just right there because they still have Patrick Palms. The Sunday night game is the the Gofford Bowl. I, re- I just made that up literally on the spots. It's Gofford <laughs> against Stafford and the two guys got traded for each other, you know, several years ago. It's a good game. Looks like a good game, you know, matchup wise. Rams at Lions. Um, you know, I know the Lions have have really played well this year a lot of times. I just there's something about like a lot of times they just they fall short when you kind of need them the most it seems like and the Rams have been a little bit more consistent I think. I do think the Lions have a lot of talent. I just feel like the Rams are going to go in there and win because they're a little more steady and the Lions seem like they're just very much an emotional roller coaster. Do you think it's going to be a close game? You know, Matt, I, I guess I do, but I honestly think we could get a blowout either way in this game. I don't know what to think about this game. Not, I don't know. My, what my thing that I do, and this is incredibly flawed because whenever I bet, I lose. And a lot of times when I predict, I'm wrong. But if the games are close, I always just look at the quarterback and I go, the tie goes to the quarterback. If I think the game, if the line is within three points or so, I go, okay, where is the game? And which quarterback do I like more? And I think Jared Goff is fine, but I also think that if you pressure Jared Goff, he's going to make mistakes, True. and I trust Stafford more. So that's why I think the Rams are going to win that game, even though they're on the road, even though it's going to be a super emotional game for probably both sides. And for Jared, it's just as much, probably even more so, a revenge game for Jared Goff as it is for Matthew Stafford. I mean, they kicked Jared Goff to the curb because they didn't think he was good enough. Matthew Stafford has already won one. So I I think it's going to be a game that they're just so talented with Matthew Stafford, with Kyron Williams, with Cooper Cup, with Puka Nakua, with Aaron Dot. There's just so much star power there. And I love Dan Campbell, but Sean McVay is still the top tier or one of the top tier coaches in this league. Goff's numbers are better than Stafford's overall this year. Yeah, but I don't trust him more than I trust Matt Stafford. I'd agree with that. Um, all right, the Monday night game is the 4-5 matchup in the NFC, and the Eagles are in a free fall here. And they go to Tampa, mm-hmm. and here we go again with the NFC South champ, right? I mean, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they, that division, man, it's just spit out just not great champions over the last couple of years. But, hey, you can only play who's in front of you. They get to the um, first round here. They get the Monday night game, the Eagles and the Bucks. I have a suspicion the Bucs might win this game because I just you can't trust what the Eagles are right now and who they are. I don't have that same thought. I think that the Eagles are free falling, but I still think that they will figure it out at least ne- at least for a week. I don't think that they're good enough to go to the Super Bowl because I think the 49ers are way better than them. I think the Cowboys are better than them, and even the Rams I would say are better than them. But it's I just I, I'm not in on the Bucks. I think Baker can play well, but I don't think he has the ceiling that Jalen Hurts has. And once again, give me the team with the quarterback. I think they figure it out, and I think they at least win this game until they probably eventually get eliminated next weekend. 
Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Sorry about that. I had my mic muted, by the way. Sorry about that. Baker's played really well. <laughs> so if you just you've got some dead air for a second there, that's why. Uh Baker's played really well. Like the second half of the year, he's played really mm-hmm. well, and that shouldn't be discounted. But I understand what you're saying, and they are the more talented team. How about a lot of talk out of Philly about maybe even moving on from Sirianni? I just don't think that's I, I mean, that is a little bit of premature to me considering he took him to the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, did I tell the cousin Nick story on this podcast? Did I tell you this? Yeah, that you are related somehow. Well, it's like I don't actually know that, but it's funny because you know oh. we're both. It's I, I think we're very distantly related, and I did not know that until last year when I went and did a story with him and his family down yep. at Southwestern. But yeah, so watch it because you're talking about a family member. One, but two, if they love Vrabel, like Vrabel seems to be the guy that is going to kind of have his pick of where he wants to go. If right. you love Mike Vrabel. Imagine Mike Vrabel going from the Titans. No knock on them. They had some years where they were good. I mean, they were the one seed not that long ago. But imagine going from that to Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith and all of the talent that that team has. They could be a real force with him. So I don't think they should move on. They were in the Super Bowl last year, and they're in the playoffs this year. But if you know that you're going to get that guy and he's the one you want, then well, I, you know, I don't think it's impossible. Who's Mike Rabel coaching next year? He's going to coach somewhere, right? I mean, if he wants to, he's a head coach. Are the, the odds on the Patriots right now? The New England Patriots, I would say. Yeah, I, th- I just think it makes a little bit too much sense, right? I think that I think so it's interesting. It's interesting because now there's another. Now that the Seahawks job is open, I think yeah. that job is also pretty intriguing. Yeah. It's it just for me the connections to New England just seem too strong and too obvious for it to but I'm also not convinced that they're definitely moving on from Belichick. Because Agreed. And that feels like that would have out here. Feels like if it would have happened, it would have happened already. Yeah. And by the way, we we just found out the Seahawks stuff a little while ago. We also found out Nick Saban is retiring. So really interesting, you know, coaching. I don't know, some legends, obviously, in Saban and maybe Belichick and obviously a guy who's a staple in the NFL for a long time and at USC and won championships, Pete Carroll. So we'll see where it all goes. But um, some interesting job openings, it looks like. Speaking of that, um, what is the best job opening? I'll give you these. Ready? Let's just say the Patriots become open. I'm not going to give you the Eagles. We'll stay Patriots, though. We'll count Mm -hmm. Patriots as open. We'll go also Seahawks, Titans, Raiders, Panthers, Chargers, Falcons, Commanders. Even though they're in Capel Chargers, because yes. you have the quarterback, mm-hmm. and it's a completely new slate because there's no general manager. So I think that as an organization, it's probably better to completely start fresh than to try and make something work with a GM who's already been there, and then you're hiring a new coach. I, I like the idea. It's almost like what the Bills did, 
where they had Sean McDermott and Doug Whaley hired him. Well, the Pagulas hired him. And then yeah. he was gone a couple months later. And then Brandon Bean came in. And it's kind of always been the Bean and McDermott show. I think when you guys come in together, it probably puts you a little bit more in lockstep and your vision is maybe a little bit clearer. So to me, I think the Chargers job is the most intriguing because even though they've got a lot of things they need to figure out with their salary cap, at least they have the quarterback. And if they have... If they're trying to find somebody, I feel like Vrabel would be, of course, the one that everybody immediately goes to. But I also think Belichick. Belichick's available. I mean, I know what you have said multiple times on the show about Belichick yeah. without Brady, and I'm not comparing Herbert to Brady, but I think if you're Belichick, you are trying to go somewhere where your path to winning is immediate, and I think that is the most immediate path to winning because I just can't see like that guy going to Washington or that guy going to Carolina or, or somewhere where there's not a bona fide, legit quarterback. He needs to go somewhere where he can win 15 games in the next two or three years, try and win a Super Bowl, and then go hang out with Nick Saban on a golf course. <laughs> One more name I'll throw at you. Do you think Jim Harbaugh coaches in the NFL next year? I do. Me too. I, def- Me I too. definitely do. So and I think- It's Raiders, Chargers, Raiders. I think all these – but the, the one I, I'll give uh, Colin Coward credit for this. I was listening to me and it made sense. He threw out the commanders because his brother lives in Baltimore. Mom and dad would be able to watch both them. They wouldn't have to compete against each other in the same conference. And there's obviously a lot of money there. They could pay him. Sure. But if you get an offer, if you're Jim Harbaugh and you have the pick of the litter of where you want to go and you've got the Seahawks offering the Raiders offering the chargers offering and the commanders offering, are you really excited about the roster that they have in place in Washington? No, no but I don't think I don't. I don't know if you care as much for Jim Harbaugh. I think he's a culture changer, and he would just say, "I'm going to go in there, and you know, they're going to they'll they'll figure it out. They'll turn it around." I think he's that kind of guy. I agree with that. I think the other things might matter to him more. But under understand anybody who's on the market would probably be, as you just stated earlier, most attracted to the Chargers' job. I think that's right because of Justin Herbert. And look, I mean, you give a chance to go out and you know. Um, be a head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders and that franchise and new stadium, basically in Las Vegas, Nevada. I mean, you know, there's very appealing there. There's no doubt, but I do think those mm-hmm. other things would matter to a guy like Jim Harbaugh. What's the worst job? What do you think is the least intriguing job? Cause I think I so, might've said Washington. I'm glad you're asking me this because um, I'm actually, I'm people are listening to this. We're recording. I should say on Wednesday night, I'm hosting the morning show with Jeremy White on Thursday. And I'm actually going to do this. I'm going to rank the jobs on where, oh. what are most at least, and I think I have the Patriots last. It's either that or the Titans to me. I don't put the commanders there because commanders have a lot of money. They're going to be committed mm-hmm. to try and winning. And they have a really high draft pick. Where are the commanders picking? Hold on. They're second. They're picking second overall. They're going to get Drake May. They're going to get Caleb Williams. They don't get Drake May. Like, I mm-hmm. think that's – so you talk about Harbaugh. Harbaugh might say, yes, give me Drake May, and I'll just mold him. Like, that's why I think mm-hmm. that's a, an attractive job. You really think the Patriots is the worst? <clears throat> I think it's interesting. They have nothing except salary cap. They have, they have room under the salary cap. They have nothing as far as a roster. They have no quarterback. They have no playmakers. And also, by the way, you're following Bill Belichick. That's the thing. That's because you always want to ever. This is not an original map of a thought. This is something that a lot of people have said. You always want to be the guy following the other guy. You don't want to be the guy following Belichick. You don't want to be the guy following Brady. You want to be the guy following Mac Jones because the bar has clearly lowered. So for Belichick, following that guy, that's why it feels like the only people who could do that are probably like Gerard Mayo or Mike Vrabel. Because 
if Mike Vrabel goes there and it doesn't work out, guess what? Mike Vrabel is still going to be beloved in New England because of his time as a player and all that they accomplished. So that's why I think he might be the one way of kind of skirting around that whole idea. But if they just bring back some other guy or they just hire somebody random and they fail, then it's going to be a super intriguing job for the next person because the expectations are going to be there. And then the whole conversation is restoring the team back to the days we once were at. And I think the Patriots is interesting. The one thing about the Patriots is it does not feel like at least from my perspective, that they're immediately trying to get good again. I think they realize that this needs to be a slow, methodical build. I don't know if I get that sense with really any of the other openings. All of those other teams, I feel like, are trying to kind of turn things around and do it quickly. Like with the like the commanders, for example. Like, well, that might be true. That might be true, but I think Robert Kraft wants to win now. He's not getting any younger. But I agree with you, like that, that that you almost have to you almost have to get into that spot, especially in this division, the AFC East. Mm-hmm. The Patriots are destined for fourth place for the next several years if Aaron Rodgers is healthy. I know there's some salary cap challenges with all these teams, but I mean mm-hmm. it's there's they they're not gonna compete in this division anytime soon, it seems like. Well, I, I don't know if I agree with that though. And my thought behind that is if you get a quarterback, right, and you get a couple pieces on offense. They could. They have the I third pick, think- by the way. You, they've got the third pick. So yep. let's say they go out and get a quarterback and they get Marvin Harrison Jr. Okay. Like, what if they go get Russell Wilson and Marvin okay. Harrison Jr.? And then they get another free agent because they've got a bunch of money that they can spend. Their defense is good and their defense was banged up. Then it would just be all about the offensive line. I don't think they're that far away from being. You just named like four positions and one position group that they need. They'd still be the fourth best team in the division. But, but the, what is the Jets? Out, the Jets' outlook is it, it, maybe it's great next year if you have Aaron Rodgers healthy. Right. But so what is that? One more year, right? And then they're just back to the same position. And that's Probably. why, if you're the Patriots, you've got this opportunity of Josh Allen is still going to be in this division and should dominate this division for the next several years. But it's the same thing we talked about in Buffalo for all those years. You're trying to get up while those other teams are starting to come back down. And even though I think the Bills are still the best team in the division, I think it's also realistic that they might start to dip a little bit and come back closer to the teams that are chasing them just because they are getting older at almost every position. One other coach that uh, we don't know his future, there's been a lot of talk about it, is Mike Tomlin of the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Bills play the Steelers 1 p.m. Sunday in Orchard Park. We're going to talk with Andrew Filipponi of 93.7 The Fan. Coming up here on It's Always Game Day in Buffalo.